Bo knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Ah, WABC Talk Radio 77. Luther. Luther Vandross brings us back. Happiness really means Mark Stein is on your radio. And here he is, America's undocumented anchorman, international star of stage and screen, Mark Stein. Happy Tuesday, Mark. Happy Tuesday. I don't think Luther Vandross really thought that happiness means Mark Stein. I think you're extending that a little further than the song can be taken. And I don't think Lu- I don't think that was what was in Luther's mind as he was singing so beautifully there. Oh goodness, Mark. Oh, by the way, Mark, before we even start with all the stuff we I had lined up to ask you about, can you explain something to me, please? Because I don't know the answer to this. Why is Harry of Harry and Meghan suing the Brits? Um, uh, what the hell, Mark? What the hell is going on over there? Well, it's very. Co- it's to do with his security, and I mean, actually, one of the things I quite like the the last time my daughter and I uh, saw the Queen, which was in in Glasgow, huge crowds everywhere. Uh, but she just had a police car front and back. She basically had, uh, well, no, actually, it was just one police car. And then it was like her ladies-in-waiting behind her. So she she's not like Biden with that 88-car motorcade that he had when he was in Rome a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the <laughs> Queen just has one car front and back. And she's like walking around, thousands of people. And uh, and she's got uh, basically a constable and then a uh, a sort of plain clothes detective as well. That's all she's got, the Queen. And and so Harry and Meghan are annoyed that they want to come back to Britain, but uh, they there's an argument about whether they are entitled to security. And Harry's thing is we need security because everybody, for some mysterious reason we can't figure out, everybody hates us. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and and honestly, if you go down, there's no amount of security is going to be enough. <laughs> so he, he should fry in all his buddies, his so-called buddies from Netflix uh, or whatever it is, and uh, they could provide his security. Uh, Harry would never have done. Harry was this beery, rugby-playing a uh, military guy who would never know who would never have had any truck with this the whole thing about uh these guys is they travel light when it comes to security now he's living in california he's seeing that biden's got an 88 car decade and he's thinking well if biden gets 88 cars i should at least get 73 for me and megan <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, it's not really it, it's a, it's a complete waste of time. Uh, the only security detail he needs is from her. And if he'd, had, <laughs> if, he'd had a, if he'd had a security detail from her, he wouldn't be in this mess. Now, 
Okay, so you've got and by the way, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's coming out. I'm fascinated by the Royals. I'm sorry. So no, you've, got, you've you've always had that though. Yeah, I know. It's just I just can't stand it, but I am. I am fascinated by these people. So so now Andrew has been thrown to the wolves. It's just like I've never seen this before, Mark. This is amazing. It's like, okay, you're not an HMH or whatever it is. You're just a POS. And get the hell out. You're a private citizen. We don't care if you go broke. You shouldn't have been screwing that girl. Leave us alone or whatever it is. What's going to happen to this guy? Well, he's in he's in a lot of trouble just because he's in an American courtroom. And I can tell you, <laughs> if you're, I'm in an American courtroom, I'm going to trial. I think it's in June or July. And basically... Is this the hockey stick thing yeah. round like 59? Yeah, it's like after, after whatever it is, 10, 12 years, it's finally going to trial. And you suddenly think, oh, my God, I'm a snooty, unlikable foreigner <laughs> up against a jury of... 12 people in Washington, D.C. And that's the situation that he's in. He's on an absolute hiding to nothing. Uh, who, who's, he's, he's a Duke of York on trial in New York, which is not the York he's Duke of. So it's going to go super badly for him. And basically the Queen, uh, as I understand it, the Queen uh, took him aside personally and uh, and told him, because uh, he's like Colonel-in-Chief of the Fusiliers of Canada and all these regiments all over the all over the British Commonwealth. And uh, and she brought him into the room. She said, hand him over right now. Uh, you're off. You're, you're, you're off the case. Because she's had complaints from uh, soldiers of the Queen in England and Scotland and Canada and New Zealand who said, we don't want to be associated with this guy. Quite rightly. He destroyed himself. And this is the uh, final confirmation of it. So let me get this straight. Over there, they're tying their panties up in a wad over all this stuff. Meanwhile, Bill Clinton has this picture of him in a dress and, and, and heels that used to sit up in the Epstein layer, one of the Epstein layer. Bill yeah. Clinton's still flitting around like he's Mr. Big. And yeah. nothing happens to our guys. Yeah, now you're now you're getting it. <laughs> James, because if you notice, the only two people, like Jeffrey Epstein, I mean, uh, being on standby for the Lolita Express to go to that pedophile island they all go to, I mean, it was very hard getting a book here. It's not, it's not like Delta or Northwest or Continental or Pan American or TWA, where you can have the whole cabin to yourself. To get on the Lolita Express, it was a very big waiting list. And uh, Bill Clinton was on there and George Mitchell, the uh, former senator from Maine, and Bill Richardson, the former governor of New Mexico. So there's all these big shot Americans flying around with Jeffrey Epstein and girls called uh, Cindy and Mindy and Lindy, because uh, that's the only two categories there are on the Lolita Express. There's big shot American Democrat politicians <laughs> and then girls with rhyming names. <laughs> and... Uh, and the only, but the only two people who are in any legal jeopardy in in this business turn out to be two British subjects, Gilead Maxwell and uh, the Duke of York. That's hmm. 
Hmm. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it's almost. Hmm. Oh, look, we don't want to let's we don't want people to focus on what Bill Clinton and George Mitchell and Bill Richardson. Are. Is there anyone? Well, there's a couple of snooty, uh, hoity toity Brit foreigners. No one likes them. Let's get them in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great defense. I love it. OK, Mark, I read something and I instantly thought about you when I saw this story. And especially now that you're saying this hockey stick, you know, you're going to have to explain this hockey stick thing to people. Can you do that real quick? What you're, well, what, what this is about? This whole when you say you're going on trial. Well, it's a guy called Michael Mann who, uh, 20 years ago, came up with what was really the uh, most important and best known scientific graph of the early 21st century, and it showed the climate for the last thousand years. It shows nothing happening. It's a complete flat line. Nothing happened between the year uh, 1000 and, like, 1907. And then in 1907, it was probably you. You got into your SUV and fried mm-hmm. the planet. And so and then suddenly the line shoots up. There's, there's, uh, there's James Golden driving around in his SUV. There's me driving around in an SUV. And suddenly the line goes up the top right-hand corner of the graph, and we're all going to fry. And it was a complete piece of rubbish. Uh, and I said as much. I mean, but a lot of governments, you, you know, the Canadian government and certain European governments emailed that graph to every one of their citizens and said, you got to, you know, the planet's going to die. This is why we're introducing a carbon tax. We're going to net zero. And I said I thought this was all complete bunk. And um, as a result, he's been suing me for 10 years. And we're finally going to trial. <laughs> I just love this. <laughs> and I... <laughs> And I'm, I'm very, uh, I, ha- I have it in the back of my mind that the, you know, the unlikely, the unlikable foreigner is one no, of those categories no. of persons that should never actually be in, in, a, okay, th- in an American courtroom if he can help it. We, we should organize. I think I'm going to try to organize people so we're outside with those signs and all that. Free the foreigner! Free the foreigner! <laughs> yeah, no, well, I'm... I'm, that's what I'm. That's what I'm. Uh, basically, I'm basically hoping for that. Uh, that that a, you know, a foreigner could get a fair break in a DC courtroom, which is because don't forget on that jury. I mean, that jury. There'll be a jury of twelve, and it'll be eleven Democrats, and then a twelfth guy from the even leftier socialist Marxist hardcore Stalinist party. But that's what it'll be. It'll be 11 Democrats and the 12th guy from the hardcore socialist Marxist Stalinist party, Maoist uh, Kim Jong-un party. Okay, now, Mark, we have to take a break. Can you stay through the break? Because i got to ask you about uh, what's going on in Virginia. And also, Larry Fink from BlackRock. Can oh, you stay okay. with us? Yep, certainly. No problem. All right, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. We're coming back. We're going to have segment two of Mark Stein today, and then your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC's How You Reach Us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Now, here's the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, on 77 WABC. With America's favorite undocumented anchorman, International figure, movies, television, radio, print. He's everywhere. He's Mark Stein, 
And Mark Stein is with us for a second segment. Mark, thank you. Mark, uh, BlackRock, Larry Fink, is telling his fellow CEOs, BlackRock is a, a really big investment firm, and he's telling his fellow CEOs that businesses are not the climate police. This, to me, is stunning. We haven't seen this kind of just open talk about what business and, and share the role of shareholders and and he says shareholder capitalism isn't about politics. It's not a social or ideological agenda. It's not woke. No, it, it's it's not supposed to be about politics. I mean, I think genuinely, if you want to buy a piece of uh, furniture or a taco. You, you don't really want politics to factor into it, particularly these days. It would be nice to have some spaces that are politics-free. But the, the fact is that uh, so many of the corporations have gone in for the virtue signal. Actually, one of my favorite, I shouldn't say this, because uh, Fifth, Fifth Avenue was very badly uh, hit by this during all the George Floyd thing. Do you remember where all the, they all made their uh, websites all black? Except, yes. And then in 12 point Times New Roman in the middle of the black website, it, they had hashtag BLM. And they still got all their windows smashed in on Fifth Avenue anyway. So it was a complete waste of time doing the virtue signaling. But the serious point here is he's quite right that uh, uh, some CEO of a company shouldn't be factoring in um, at particular political policies on climate change or whatever. But what's interesting to me from the consumer's point of view I mean, it's a nice contrast, for example, to the NBA guy who said a couple of days ago that no one cares about the Uyghurs um, because he's they say, oh, yes, we'd like to do some political virtue signaling, but not on anything that matters. So we're going to. So the woke CEO says, oh, yes, I'm I'm all I'm very worried about climate change and there's nothing more important to me. Uh, than uh, than rising sea levels in the Maldives in the year 2230. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I don't, I couldn't care two wits about uh, Chairman Xi in China killing all the Uyghurs because I have to kiss up to Chairman Xi because that's a huge market for me. And it's it isn't even actually just the guys who kiss up like these American uh, sports teams and Hollywood and almost everything that uh, an American buys that is affordable uh, is made in China and has had some slave labor, uh, child labor involved in it somewhere along the way. Even if it's just the people who make this, even if Nike say, no, 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 that was that was the day before yesterday. We've really cleaned up our act since then. And we're not using any of the child labor and the slave labor. The the people who make uh, the sandwiches, who have the contract to make the sandwiches for that factory at lunchtime, there'll be some child labor involved there. So the biggest, you virtue signalers, because I'm so sick of this. It's grace on the cheap. You think, oh, yes, I'm a good person because I only support companies that worry about rising sea levels in uh, the Maldives in the 22nd century. Well, that's all very easy, isn't it? What are you going to do about child labor making all the cheap socks and T-shirts and footwear in your house right now? 
Man, <clears throat> do you think that this is going to resonate, or is this just going to be uh, one voice in the wilderness? Well, I don't think anyone cares about. I think climate change is an elite thing that real because I think it's great if you're climate change is great if you're John Kerry or you're Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, you say, oh, where are we going to hold uh, COP27? Oh, uh, I was thinking of Tahiti. Really? Oh, I thought we did Tahiti a couple of uh, years back. Uh, what, what, uh, what about, why don't we do it in uh, Monte Carlo this time? I mean, it's just <laughs> like a, it's a complete racket for these guys. But if you're right now at the bottom, if you're go- taking your car along uh, to put gas in your car, if you're thinking, well, my present washing machine is uh, getting, I wanted to go and get a new washing machine. So waiting list to get a washing machine in America because of what Joe Biden's done to the supply chain. Do you think anybody who has to live a normal non-Leonardo de John Kerryo life is actually interested in this? And the answer is no. No. I am interested in what's going on in Virginia. I have never seen so much history. Well, yes, I have. It is reminiscent of when Donald Trump took office to a lesser degree. The hysteria surrounding Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin's inauguration in his first days in office. He came in with an active list of things he wanted to do, executive orders. One of them was getting rid of this critical race theory in schools, in the schools in Virginia, demanding that failing schools change. Uh, He also spoke about uh, creating partnerships between um, historically black universities. That upset one Democrat lawmaker who went off the deep end. He's also looking at Loudoun County, wants to do an investigation what happened there. Uh, Virginia's attorney general fired 30 staffers before coming into office. They're cleaning up immediately. And the new governor in his first uh, speech said he's got about 29 pieces of legislation he's working on, and he wants to lower taxes, and he's, yes, he, he is pursuing a conservative mandate in Virginia, and the hysteria is already starting to skyrocket. What do you think, Mark, of what's happening in Virginia? Well, I think he's absolutely right to do it this way, because he basically said from, you know, I could, I, he, I could give an inaugural address full of a lot of high-flown, wafty, gaseous, up-in-the-clouds, generalized blather, or I could just start announcing 45 seconds into it things that are going to happen starting right here, right now. And he's all business, and he's doing the stuff he, he was elected on, and he's quite right to do it. He's absolutely right to do it. And the interesting thing is, you know, Virginia was a red state 20 years ago, and then it changed. And the Republicans uh, at the national level assumed it was lost forever. Well, right now you have a totally crazy. I mean, what you have going on at the national level here is you've got a nation of uh, 330 million people being run by crazies who have no interest in the lives of those 330 million people. And there's an opening there. These aren't the issue. The things he's dealing with uh, shouldn't be issues at all. They're only issues because uh, the left handed them to him. 
The critical race theory is everyone thinks, you know, the the lefties all think, oh, this is nothing. They're just making a fuss about no. No, it gets to one of the awful realities of life in this country is that you can have red states and blue states, but red states are all full of blue school districts because those school districts have been corrupted by nonsense like critical race theory and all the rest of it. So you can have the reddest of red states... And then you have all these blue school districts all over it turning red state children into in, in, into blue state wokesters. He's, he's, he's above the target when he's doing this. We'll keep our eye on it. Mark Stein, thank you so much. Where can people find you, Mark, on television? Uh, they can find me at uh, GB News uh, tomorrow night. We're on. Well, actually, I think the best time is if you watch the replay, which is at 2 a.m. London time. So that's uh, 9 p.m. Uh, on the East Coast. Uh, so it's perfect for New Yorkers. And you can see that at uh, GBNews.uk. Mark, thank you so much. We look forward to chatting up with you next week, my friend. Always a pleasure, James. WABC Talk, Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. We're coming back. Your telephone call's coming up. Don't go anywhere.